You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 65. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. We are talking ways to succeed this fall semester. Now, last week, we went over ways to get your mindset right. I pulled those directly from the news segment I did for the Fox affiliate in San Antonio. It got picked up by the NBC affiliate there in San Antonio. So that was super awesome to see that message get spread out further. I brought it back to you all, whether you're in high school or college, wherever I'm finding you at in your academia pursuit. And those were some really great tips on how to get your mindset prepared for this fall semester. This week, we're going to talk about what your natural high is and how this episode would have played out and sounded like had we been back to a normal society where you could get together in large groups, you could play fall activities and fall sports, and you could get together with your after-school activities and just meet in larger groups. I have no idea where, what, what state you're in, what country you're in. Uh, I've got listeners in over 80 countries, so I don't even know what's going on with yours. So for some of you who aren't dealing with the pandemic anymore, you'll be able to start to look at this from a much broader scope than perhaps people over here in the United States. But either way, this topic will benefit you because figuring out what your natural high is will ultimately steer you towards actions that will back up your beliefs and your value system so that you don't find yourself Uh, wasting time away doing unproductive activities when you could be doing things that actually you enjoy and that benefit you becoming this meant to be that we strive for when we step into the uh, educational academia world. For you high school students out there who are in a situation where you cannot do your normal fall sports, your normal fall activities, Uh, for you college students who can't do the after school activities because of so many different universities having different rules, who knows, right? You got to start figuring out, well, what are you doing with this free time that you normally would have spent playing a sport, playing intramurals, or, or being in an after-school activity, whatever that might look like. And this is where figuring out what your natural high is, right? What gets you high? What gets you jumping with enthusiasm and, and, a, and a, a jubilant feeling inside without the use of substances, right? Now, I get, depending on what age you're at and what's around you, you might think, Jesse, I don't even drink and I don't even use drugs. And other people might be like, oh, sweet mother, help me figure out how to enjoy my life without getting stoned and drunk all the time. Wherever I find you, you are inevitably going to come across people who do enjoy substances and who are partying hard. And they could be inviting you to these events and and you could be, you know, day drinking because you're doing all your school at home online and you, you know, you're at college and no one's around to tell you not to, or you could be getting invited to weekend parties uh, when you could be off doing things that you actually like super enjoy doing. We all have things that we super enjoy doing and they can be lost in the fray of um, vices you know, um, overeating, over drinking, over sleeping, playing too many video games, you know, the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll kind of mentality. And let's get you focused on what your natural high is. 
All right. Again, high school, you got sports, theater, glee clubs, organizations, et cetera, that you could have been involved in. And, you know, and now perhaps you're not able to be involved in, again, depending on what location around the world I'm finding you in here in college. Right now, a lot of the clubs that you may have had like a I'm going to say free pass, you know, to join in in high school where pretty much everybody can make a certain sports team. You can be involved because it's a much smaller group. Now you get to college and perhaps one of the groups that you would like to have joined is already maxed out or you don't feel like you, you blend in or you don't want to blend in. So now you want to stand out and you don't think that that's the organization you can do that in. And so you get to college and all of a sudden a lot of the opportunities you enjoyed in high school can uh, be harder to get into. They can uh, not meet your fancy. They this don't seem right. And so now you're all of a sudden trying to pivot and find something else that you enjoy, right? It's what, why knowing this is important about yourself is because, and again, when I talk about this, look at it from the frame of you have free time. Anyone who says otherwise is completely wrong. Everybody has free time. And what you're doing and what you're choosing to spend your free time on will ultimately have a lot to do with how successful you end up being in high school, in college. And if you're one of those people who's returning to the academic world, having worked in a normal job, and perhaps you have kids at home, you might already think, I don't even have time to pick up a hobby. Well, again, I cannot even begin to cover the scope of the differences in, in, in my audience. I can just, let's, let's talk broad for a moment and you will find your own specificities in what I'm talking about just because your brain's already looking for connections, right? So ask yourself what, in the scope of this pandemic, you know, what did you love to do before the pandemic? What did you love to do in high school? What do you still want to be able to do in high school? What did you love to do in middle or grade school? Why this is important is because you're going to have, again, this free time. And if you're not paying attention to it, what you're doing with it, you're going to end up wasting it. And you don't want to just drink it away at a bar. You don't want to just party it away. You don't want to just sit there and flip through Netflix, right? You want to be motivated to do awesome things. We talked about this in the book at length. That if you're following my seven powerful principles, then when you get into a job interview down the down the line, you're into, no way college can possibly teach you every single thing you'll need to know for that job that you ultimately will get in the future. So when you're sitting here thinking, how can you best be prepared for that job interview, for that future life that you're creating for yourself and laying the foundation for now, it is looking outwardly toward the things that you enjoy doing so that they can spruce you up and fire you up inwardly, right? We talk about how passion is something that you do for yourself. And if you can turn that into your purpose, which is something you do outwardly for other people, that's where you find that greatest combination. You'll hear, you'll hear people say, get a job that follows your passion, you know, get a job that, that pushes your purpose. All of these are fine and dandy unless you haven't actually dove into yourself to figure this stuff out. Now, when we talk about toward and away motivation, if you are going out and you're doing after-school activities, if you're getting involved in things and you're doing it in order to have a better resume so you look better in front of a future employer, then you're using an away motivation because you're not necessarily picking the things that you would like to do. You're picking things that you mind read that a future employer might like rather than finding the things that you are genuinely interested in, which is a, which would be a toward motivation, and doing those things. 
And this is why understanding what your natural high is, is so important. Because when you're doing these things that are moving you toward the things that you're passionate about, moving you toward your purpose, rather than just looking for resume builders, then you ultimately will find those things that spark you up. And it could completely change what your major is. It could completely change the direction of your life by following your natural high. It is amazing to me how often I hear from my listeners about the after-school activities that they're choosing and how they think it'll look good on a resume. And then when I ask them to write out what they learned from it or what they found interesting about that particular group or organization or whatever, um, you can tell based off of the words that they're using and the in the way that they talk about it, they're not really fired up about it. And a, uh, somebody in HR somebody interviewing you is going to be able to tell that you chose president of this particular language club over something else just because you thought it would look good on a resume. They're not idiots. They interview hundreds of people all the time. They they can recognize patterns in languages. They can recognize body language. They can they can notice your eyes moving in a certain way. They can notice how your face changes whenever you talk about a certain thing. You think you can keep it hidden from them, but you cannot. If they've done any modicum of just studying rapport and body language, they're going to be able to tell if you were fired up about it or not. So let's get into what is your natural high, right? Because you don't want to just be doing stuff that boosts up your resume. So be thinking about what is it that is your natural high and getting into that and focusing your energy all over that. I just, the way you figure out what your natural high is, is that you start to look at things that you pursued, perhaps when you were younger and your parents thought it was ridiculous. They didn't agree with the fact that you were obsessed with dinosaurs or robots or, 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 you know, I don't know, dressing up in your mom's clothing and putting on high heels and, and makeup. And that can go for male and female. Don't think I'm just talking about women there. And then perhaps because you enjoy doing that, you know, then maybe you really want to be in theater. And now you can join, even if it's just a theater club that doesn't necessarily put, you know, the big theater group for the university. Now all of a sudden you can be more involved. If in high school you really enjoyed playing a sport, was it that you loved soccer? Or was it just that you enjoyed the competitiveness of it or the camaraderie of the locker room and, and making friends with those people. Um, I used to know a lot of swimmers back in high school and they'd get up and be at that pool at five in the morning. And to them, there was a camaraderie that came from getting up at the crack of dawn and getting into that pool and swimming for two hours before school started. And then they got to meet up on the weekends and go to these events together and, and watch each other get better and better as, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year went on. And so they get to college and now all of a sudden they can't just join the swim team because that's college and it's more competitive. And so they had to start looking for other ways for that camaraderie, for that competitiveness. So when you start to ask yourself, what is your own natural high? I highly recommend you simply just start making out a list of things that you enjoy, like you genuinely enjoy. If someone were to say, hey, we're going to go to the zoo on the weekend, are you in? And you just jump through your skin, you're so excited to go to the zoo. Why? Is it to see the animals? Is it to just experience them in their in their you know habitat that's obviously man-made, not wild, but still, is it just to see animals? Perhaps then you'd like to volunteer at an animal sanctuary. Perhaps you'd like to uh, get into some sort of field where you can be helping animals, right? Like, too often we begin to overcomplicate what it is that we truly like to do. 
for me, when I was a kid, I really did just enjoy reading books and then talking about what I read in those books. It's why I got into journalism. It's why I started these podcasts. It's why I like to get up on stage and speak because I read really cool information and then I want it to do something with it, right? Knowledge isn't power, it's potential power. It's the putting of that knowledge into action that the power begins to show itself. So I can't put something in my brain without knowing what I'm going to do with it outwardly. I call it input-output. If I'm inputting something into my brain, there has to be an output for it. And because I know that about myself, because I know that's a natural high, anytime I start to feel a little bit bored or I'm, I'm you know, feeling a little overwhelmed by all the, the things I want to accomplish with my life, I'm just like, okay, well, what is something I've learned recently and what is something I can create from that? To me, it's all about the creation. I want to create something, I want to get it out there, and I want it to help people, even if it's only one person. Is that something that fires you up, helping people? Then maybe a couple side psychology classes or philosophy classes could come into play. You know, there's so much that you can still do, even if you are, quote unquote, locked up in your house and doing everything from Zoom. You know, there are Zoom meetings that you can be doing now. There are chat rooms you can go into. No doubt these clubs that were very influential on campus when people could attend are still going to be looking for ways to uh, bring in new members and keep their organization thriving during this survival mode that so many people have stepped into, right? Let's think about that. Instead of survival, you're thinking about thrival. Look for ways that these organizations are actually trying to grow their memberships and still have a community involvement, even though there is a pandemic afoot and perhaps getting together in big groups groups is no longer being allowed or socially acceptable in your particular area. When you begin to write down the things that you really want to do, the things that give you a natural high, you will have epiphanies that will blow your mind. And you can't just keep this stuff inside of your head. You have to put pen to paper. It's the idea of seeing how something can expand once it's out of your mind and becomes tangible and in front of you that truly makes it real and allows it to grow. Thinking about planting a seed is not planting a seed. Taking a seed and putting it into soil is the beginning process of growing a plant. So why are you just thinking about the things that you want to do? Write them down on paper. That's planting the seed. From there, where it goes is all about the action you take. Right? The plant's going to naturally grow toward sunlight. And it's, the more water you feed it, the more nutrients that are in the soil, the more it's going to grow. So your sunlight needs to be your ability to find the organizations that you're into. Right now we're moving into the how section. How can you find the organizations that you're into? How can you surround yourself with the nutrients that will help you grow? Find the right organization. Make sure it's got, got the kind of people in it where, whose values and beliefs line up with yours. Or, you know, they don't have to be exactly lining up. But you want to make sure that, you know, if you're joining a certain club, that, you know, their ultimate idea is to, you know, uh, rob from the poor and give to the rich when you want to, you know, give to the rich or give to the poor, not the rich, right? Like you want to make sure the values are lining up here. And so, Surrounding yourself with the kind of nutrients that will help you grow, you know, good night's sleep, uh, nutritional food. We talked about this last week in that episode. You know, knowing how to take care of yourself is giving you the nutrients to grow. Putting the right sunlight in front of you is, is making sure that you have the kind of groups and organizations around you that you want to grow toward. 
right? If you're like, oh, I guess I'll go to this club today. God, I'm so tired of it. Then why are you in it? Don't be in things that drain you. Be in it for the reason that you'll that you'll bring something for, for of yourself to them so that they can gain from your amazingness. Everybody has an amazingness in them. Finding it, seeking that out in yourself and then putting it to good use. This is what college is all about. This is why we push ourselves financially and mentally and emotionally to take that step into college. Yes, ultimately it will get you a better job, right? And I trust me, I've had this, that's debatable, but ultimately it will put you in a better position for a job. While you're there, you don't just want to be putting yourself through horrible crud in order to make your resume look good. So how are you locating these things? You can go to your university website and you can search around for the kind of clubs that you would want to be involved in and then reach out via email, reach out via your academic advisor, find someone there on campus who can help guide you toward the online portal where these clubs are meeting and then go out there and introduce yourself, even if it is via Zoom or Facebook, FaceTime or, you know, Hopper or whatever, you know, WebEx, whatever the the platform that the university is using, use it and get out there and introduce yourself, right? Google is an amazing apparatus. You don't even have to be finding people on your campus that are into the things that you're into. You can literally be locating these things on any campus. And because things have moved so virtual right now, it gives you the opportunity to step outside of the confines of what your university offers and begin to curate your own list of amazingness just by having the willingness to Google search, right? If there's anything that we should know about society at this point when it comes to the internet is that everything is a Google search away. And so just locate what it is that you're into and don't be held back by the judgment of what others might think that if you wanted to get into a dinosaur club, that that's ridiculous or that you wanted to talk about Legos, right? Oh, that's so childish. Why would I want to do that? You know, but you loved it as a child. So why not step into it now? Right? Who cares what other people might think about your hobbies and your act and your activities you use to keep yourself entertained? Let it be whatever you want it to be. If you're worried about judgment, you don't have to tell everybody about it. You certainly don't have to let anyone in on it unless you choose to let people in on it. And if you're around people that are constantly judging the way that you find things enjoyable, maybe you're around the wrong people. I have a very childlike enthusiasm for things that most children get excited about, but adults have stopped, you know, going to zoos, even though I really hate the fact that animals have to be locked in cages. I do get that because of the world we've created a lot of times, this is the only place we're going to be able to see elephants and rhinoceros in 50 years. So as much as I am not thrilled that I have to watch an animal in a cage, at least that animal, that species still gets to exist. And I will go support the zoo because they have to, they need money to help feed the animals, right? There's a place up here called the Gentle Barn. It takes in uh, cows and pigs and chickens and things of that, and animals like that who've been abused. And there's like a 700-pound Holstein cow there that can barely walk because it's been GMO'd so much that it, it's literally six foot tall and it should not be that big. I, whenever... The, 
the pandemic wasn't happening, I'd love to go there once a month and just brush the cow. It was just so soothing. And it was just, there was like a meditation to it. These are things that as a kid, I was just obsessed with, with farm animals. I was raised on a farm. I had cows living next door to me. I had chickens in our barn. I had pigs next door to that, right? I had ducks that were injured. My dad took in and put in the chicken coop. It was just awesome to have all these animals around. So now at you know, the ripe old age of young forties, I still get excited about that stuff. I went to a sea lion rescue not too far back. Uh, again, a lot of these things I'm bringing up are pre-pandemic, but again, I say all of this pandemic be damned so that you start really looking outside of what you're interested in now or what you were, what you thought the cool kids were interested in in high school that you chose just to be one of the cool kids. Or maybe you liked something in high school that made you uncool and now you get to college and it doesn't matter. There are so, College is so big that you can be cool with just these five people who like Dungeons and Dragons, which is something I played when I was in middle school. And who cares? Who cares? You don't need everybody to like Dungeons and Dragons. You just need those five people, right? The Big Bang Theory. I mean, those, those nerds loved going to the comic book store. I did too. I started collecting baseball cards because they sold them at the comic book store. Now I've got a gigantic baseball card collection in my dad's attic, but it was it still exists. I loved collecting baseball cards back then. It got me more into sports, and now I love football, and so now I love to watch football. And in college, I even played intramural football. So I'm throwing out all these examples, and I'm giving you these stories about my, of, of my backstory, of my history, so that you can start to expand your mind around what it is you could be doing that to really make yourself have that natural high. It's extremely important when you start to notice that everybody wants to go to the bar after work or go to the bar after class. Go, it's go to the bar, go to the bar, go to the bar. Let's throw a party, let's throw a party, let's throw a party. Saturday and Sunday afternoons, if you're not working your part-time job to pay your way through school or you don't have a full-time job to pay your way through school, let's just say you're a traditional student, you got Saturdays and Sundays, a lot of people are going to want to do day drinking. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out and partake in that stuff from time to time. I, I partook in it all the time. Right. I was talking to my therapist the other day and she's like, look, I know my daughter's going to go to college and she's going to party. I need her to have those experiences so that she can work that out of her system. And when she graduates school, she can be ready to go off and, you know, and not go to the bar for happy hour seven days a week. So you need to do whatever you need to do in order to, you know, feel, feel fulfilled in college. I got to be real careful whenever I talk about this stuff, because sometimes I think about how, if I say the wrong thing, all of a sudden it sounds like I'm trying to support people in the act of going out and partying and things of that nature. And that's not the case at all. So there is that part of me where I'm like, okay, let me make sure I don't try to emphasize the partying life too much. But in reality, I, I, I know it's going to happen. I know people are going to say things. I know people are going to do things. And I want you to. I want you to go out and have fun. I don't want you wasting your Saturdays and Sundays away when you could be doing something that actually fulfills you. And so that's the thesis of this entire episode is do the things that make you happy, that, that bring fulfillment into your life. It is so important that you're not just spending every single Saturday and Sunday getting wasted at the bar. 
that you're actually doing some pretty cool stuff. I can't help but remember how often I would watch some of my friends go to the University of Florida football games and not drink beforehand, not drink during the game, and then be like, okay, what do you, let's all go to the bar afterwards. And they're like, no, I got to go back home. I got some studying to do. Or yeah, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend's going to come over. We're going to cook a dinner and watch a movie. Like they had plans outside of getting hammered at the bar after the game. Whereas to me, I was getting up at 7 a.m. to you know, get drunk by the noon game and then trying to find somewhere afterwards to continue the party. And then Sunday would just be an extreme hangover the entire time. And I wouldn't feel like doing anything of worth, let alone studying. So be thinking about the repercussions of your behaviors. And again, legally, don't want to feel like I'm pushing you guys to party, but I anybody who gets on a microphone and talks to any kind of student, hell, even adults. It's so funny, and I'll, and I'll end up on this one, how much when I, when I go and speak at places or when I talk to the people who hire me to speak, that they'll, they'll ask me what my take is on underage drinking and the college drinking. And, you know, I go into my stuff and I'm like, look, you know, kids are kids and they're going to want to experiment. And, you know, and I, we all experimented and, you know, to try to tell them not to experiment is ridiculous. And, and so often they're like, yeah, you know, we really like to push the abstinence, which sounds very religious and sex. We like to push the abstinence part. And I'm like, you know, that's just, that doesn't make any sense because we know they're doing it. So to have somebody get up on a microphone or come up on stage and sit here and try to act like they're not drinking when everyone's sitting there looking left and right going, we're, we're, we're drinking after this event, right? It's like, you're going to do what you're going to do. And to sit here and hide that fact, especially when so many adults, once they get past the age of 21 and they get into college and or get out of college and they get to 25 and 30, it's like every event is around, is there an open bar? Is there going to be beer there? Can I bring beer there? It's just so funny how adults are like, college kids, you stay sober and you make sure you get a good education. And then when you turn 25 and you have a job, then you can be a drunk. <laughs> then you can get smashed all the time. Uh, I hear tons of parents jokingly talk about day drinking while they're teaching their kids school on Zoom because in California, schools aren't really reopening very much yet in certain counties. And I'm just like, if you're really sitting around getting drunk in front of your kid in the middle of the day, they're noticing that. So the whole point of doing this episode about your natural high is to get you away from thinking that the only thing to do with your free time is get drunk. That there are a ton of other things that you could be doing. And yes, will they take more effort than just buying a 24 pack and sitting in front of the TV with your friends? Yeah. You know, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to locate the community organization that you want to be involved in. And you're going to have to introduce yourself and you're going to have to get uncomfortable with meeting new people. But that's what college is all about. I, I What gets me about this whole step out of your comfort zone is that so many people actually live in their uncomfort zone, meaning that they're uncomfortable with how they spend their free time. They're uncomfortable with the people that they hang out with, their morals, their ethics, their values that they see in their friends. They disagree with the way people spend their free time. Perhaps you are uncomfortable with the amount of binge drinking your roommate does, or you're uncomfortable with the fact that everything seems to revolve around beer or sex or drugs or whatever it might be. Rather than getting out of that uncomfortable and putting yourself in a comfortable position where you're happy with the people you're around, you're enjoying the things that you do with your free time. So often we'll just fall into this malaise, this blah, where it's like, well, the easiest thing to do when I leave work is just go to the bar because that's what everybody's doing. That's what I need to do to unwind. 
when you could just go home and do some yoga or do some push-ups, or you could go home and read, or you could go home and take a shower. You could come up with a different ritual to leave work to go do in order to not have to go to the bar, spend 20% of the money that you just made at your job getting drunk and then having to deal with that hangover the next day or eating poorly at night when you get the munchies. There's a lot of things that you can do. And now that you're sitting at home in this pandemic world, the tendency might be to turn more to the alcohol, to just want to an escape, to want to socialize in some way or another so that you get together in person or on Zoom with your friends and everybody just sits there and drinks. There are other things that you can be doing, and I hope that I've opened your mind to that today. So, as always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. That is all we're going to talk about today, my friends. Take the ideas from your mind and write them down on paper. Let those seeds be planted. Find other things to do. Figure out what it is that you always loved about something and then go and replicate it in another area. Even if that club or organization isn't available to you now uh, because of the pandemic or wouldn't be anyways because you're not so good at swimming, that college team wasn't banging down your door, there are ways to find an intramural swimming team. There are ways to find an intramural Uh, theater. There's ways to find a, a Spanish club or a German club. There are ways to find things. And within that, you'll begin to locate what is your natural high. And those little hobbies you pick up now will become passions for the rest of your life. And you don't know where that could lead, but one day it could just become your purpose. That's it, my friends. Take care. Bye bye. 